How can we keep from being overcome by Satan's attacks? First of all, we need to pray. Secondly, we need to not fear what we hear. You're going to hear stuff. You're going to hear things. And we are tempted. Oh, man, I'm hearing what they're going to do. Oh, no. We are all tempted that way. I've fallen in that. Well, thanks for joining us for this midweek edition of Equipping the Saints, featuring the Bible teaching of Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, today we'll continue our look at Nehemiah, and there's some very important principles for us to learn. Yes, Dave, indeed, we're going to see today how to keep from being overcome, discouraged, and demoralized by Satan's attacks through his servants, so that we would not give up on the work of God. Please turn with us to Nehemiah chapter 4, and we're looking at verses 7 through 23. Well, thanks, Greg. And if you're new to Equipping the Saints, head over to our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org to learn more about this ministry and our teacher, Pastor Greg Lundstedt. Our web address is simply etsradio.org. Now, with today's message, here's our teacher, Greg Lundstedt. So then, their goal is ultimately, end of verse 11, to stop the work. God's goal is for us to do the work. It is Satan's goal to stop the work. He will do anything to stop the work of Christ in our lives, in all the spheres that we are to serve him. We're to serve him heartily, men, when we do our work at work. We're to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We're to serve one another in the body of Christ. In all these spheres, everywhere, Satan wants to stop the work. Now, he'll use people to do that, to say things that cause us to be scared or discouraged or demoralized, but then he may use outright attacks to cause us to stop the stop, okay? And we're seeing that in this picture here. You know, the Lord Jesus made it clear, if the world hates you, John 15, 18, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own, but because you're not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word which I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Remember, they hate the Lord, but we're the Lord, so they hate us. Right? We see that. So then, Satan's desire is to put a stop to the work using his cronies under his domain, held captive to do his will. And God's desire is for us to persevere. So what does Nehemiah do about this? Look at what happens. Look at what happens. And all of them conspired, verse 8, together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. So what does Nehemiah do? Verse 9, but we prayed to our God. Isn't that great? That's what he did. We prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Now, because of the second half of this verse here speaks of setting up a guard against them day and night, I believe this verse is a summary of what happens from this point on. Because the rest of it is how they heard about it, the threats that were coming, which they hadn't heard about yet. We're going to see it was a sneak attack. They hadn't heard about it till a little later on, as we'll see. 
But here, Nehemiah is saying, in summary, this is what they're doing. They're coming against us. So we prayed and we set up a guard. And I believe that's what the rest of the passage is about. So it would be woefully wrong for us to not see the rest of the passage in the context of prayer, because that's what's going on here. And then the rest is setting up that guard. As we'll see day and night how they did it. So then they knew they were coming, so they prayed and set up a guard. We prayed to our God. This is where we need to be because the battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against Satan and his evil forces of wickedness, right? And so then Nehemiah has exhibited throughout this book the priority of prayer. Remember his prayer in chapter 1, right? And his prayer in chapter 2 before the king, right? And here we see his prayer earlier. Take a look at verse 4. Hear, O God, how we are despised. Return their reproach on their heads and give them up for plunder in the land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out before thee, for they have demoralized the builders. The first thing Nehemiah does is pray. And so often when we are attacked, the first thing we do is figure out how we're going to defend ourselves or whatever it might be. And the first thing we need to do is pray. Then we set up that defense in the context of how God would fight for us and defend us. We need to be praying. We need to be on our knees. This is so crucial. If you don't catch anything else from this, we need to catch this. He says, but we prayed to our God. He is our God. He's our God because we are his people, because we, through faith in Jesus Christ, have been delivered from darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. We are his people. We were once not a people, but by his mercy through Christ, we have become his people. So we prayed to our God, we see here, and we need to do that. We saw this last week in Second Chronicles 20 with Jehoshaphat, when all everyone was coming against them, right? We saw that, and he, he prays. He gathers the people to seek the Lord and praise. We are powerless against this multitude, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on thee. Our eyes are on thee. We prayed to our God. And also, if you think about the full armor of God, we would be woefully incorrect to not see prayer as part of that. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm not going to read the whole part, but I want to show you how prayer is integrally connected to being protected from our enemy, Satan, and thus his cronies and those who are held captive by their own desires to do his will. Ephesians chapter 6, 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day. There's going to be evil days, and guess what? It's the evil day for Nehemiah and them right there, okay? that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel peace. They're all in a tense that says it's already done, but it still affects you. You are saturated in the truth. It is what holds everything together. You are righteous because of Jesus Christ. You are walking in the context of peace that's brought forth through the gospel. And then he says here, In addition, taking up the shield of faith by which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the word of God. And notice this, verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. We need to be praying for one another's protection. Nehemiah says, but we prayed to our God. You know, the apostle Paul exhibited a humility also in praying for protection from enemies. We've seen this before in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. I'll read it for you. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did also with you, and that we may, that's Paul and his companions, be delivered from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. Paul's saying, pray for us that we'd be delivered. You think, Paul, the great apostle, oh, God will take care of me. No, I don't need, to, I don't need to be your prayer. God's going to take care of me. No, pray for us that we would be delivered. Pray we'd be delivered. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Prayer. But we prayed to our God. We tend to shake and shimmy and worry about everything and fret rather than praying to our God. First thing they did, and we need to see that because you're going to see all the preparation that they do in the rest of the chapter, but it is centered around this, that they prayed. And we'll see that that comes out in their actions. They prayed to our God. Even Jesus, I do not ask that they take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Even Jesus praying for us, John 17, 15. So then, when difficulty comes, may we be like them. May we pray to our God. When slander and opposition come, may we pray to our God. When direct conflicts comes, may we pray to our God. And notice, he ends up summarizing what they did. But we pray to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Hey, there's some practical realities of faith, as we're going to see. There's some practical realities of faith. Because of them, because of the threat, we set up a guard day and night. We need to learn a lesson. We need to pray, and we need to, as we will see, be on guard. Pray and be on guard. If you don't get anything else, that's it. Pray and be on guard. We're going to see. You're going to need to hold your sword with you all the time. We need to have the word of God to protect us from the attacks. We need to be working and being protected. Okay, so again, I told you, as I mentioned, that everything else here, I believe, is going to be about this portion where he says, and we set up a guard against them day and night. He's going to talk about how they got to that point, and then he's going to show the guard that they set up against them, okay? That's going to be helpful to us. So how can we keep from being overcome by Satan's attacks? First of all, we need to pray. Secondly, we need to not fear what we hear. Okay, you're going to hear stuff, you're going to hear things, and we are tempted. Oh, man, I'm hearing what they're going to do. Oh, no. We are all tempted that way. I've fallen in that. You hear what someone's going to do. Ah, you know, we need to pray, but then we need to not fear what we hear, but we need to remember the Lord. He is great and awesome. And then we need to fight and work. Fight and work. Look at verse 10. Thus, in Judah it was said, now we're going to talk about that because Judah's not Jerusalem. Judah is the province around them. And by the way, we're going to see that there were those who were directly working on the wall, and there were Jews in Judah who identified with it. Hey, we're all for that, but they weren't really working on it. And yet within that, there were those who were kind of aligning themselves with Tobiah and other people, even though they'd kind of say they were with the deal in Jerusalem, okay? 
We're going to see that. And so there's all sorts of things going on, and it really does help us understand how things happen in the body of Christ and other places when we're attacked. Thus in Judah, now this term thus here, all your other translations have and or when or whatever it might be, and the NESB has put thus in there, and I believe that's a good translation. A lot of these vav consecutives, which are just ands in Hebrew, and, 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 they can be translated when, or so, or and, or thus. Here, I believe they're translating it rightly because Nehemiah has given a summary statement. We prayed and we set up a guard. Thus, here's what happened. Okay? I think that's what's going on. Thus, in Judah, it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. Yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see us until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. And it came about when the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place from where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, of the exposed places, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, to the officials, and to the rest of the people. That's a good order of the people that he identifies as those who are actually doing the work there, okay? And he says here, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan. Then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. And so again, I believe this is now speaking of the process of what's happening, how he brought a guard day and night, but how they did it and how they trusted the Lord in the midst of this. Notice you have, first of all, the word on the street. This is what people are hearing, right? You know that term, the word on the street is what, right? You hear that. Look at verse 10. Thus it was said in Judah, the strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. And then the enemies speak, right? So you got two people saying. you got the people of Judah saying. you got the enemies saying. They're going to have Nehemiah saying, okay? You're going to have what's being said here. Notice, first of all, I believe the enemies within are spreading falsehood. And I believe this has worked to the point that has caused them to initially stop working. Okay, because later on, it's going to talk about that they returned, verse 15, and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known that God had frustrated their plan, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. So I think initially they got fearful. And they actually stopped working, okay? And now Nehemiah is talking about what he did to come in here in the context of we prayed to our God. And so here we have the word on the street. And I believe these are enemies within spreading falsehood. Thus, in Judah, it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to do the wall. These guys aren't even the ones working on it. They support it, but they're identifying with it. But they're saying, hey... The strength of the burden bearers, they're carrying the rocks, it's failing, and there's too much rubbish. You know, well, wait a second, Nehemiah was saying our God's certainly going to help us do this, right? Well, this is not from God. This is the word on the street in Judah. And I believe Satan was using those in Judah who were aligned with Tobiah, as we will see, to actually discourage the people. How can I say that? Look at chapter 6, verse 17. 
Now, they would identify with the builders, but they weren't helping, but they would identify with them, but yet they were discouraging them. Nehemiah 6, verse 17. Also in those days, many letters went out from the nobles of Judah, now that Judah, okay, to Tobiah and Tobiah's letters to them. For many in Judah were bound by oath to him. He's a bad guy, right? Because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah. Ah, he got in through marriage. He's playing the part of being a Jew, right? God is my God, right? The Lord is my God. The son of Ara, the son of Jehaniah, had married the daughter of Meshulam and the son of Berechiah. Moreover, listen to this. They were speaking about his good deeds. Well, these are the guys in Judah. Tobiah is a good guy. All his good deeds, right? And notice this. And good deeds in my presence. Okay, that's Satan doing that, by the way. And reported my words to him. These guys are not good. These guys are not good. So there are those in Judah who would identify with the work, but they were actually undermining the work. Okay, and we see that here. And so then we have this here. And by the way, because of his sneaking in there, they respected him. They spoke of his good deeds and they were reporting and saying what he was doing. And folks, obviously he had manipulated them. So back in our passage, thus it was said in Jude. And I believe it's coming from this group, basically. The strength, verse 10, of the burden bearers is failing, yet there's much rubbish. And we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. It's too much. So then these Jews that identify with them rebuilding are saying, strength's failing, too much rubbish, and we can't do it. Is this not what happens in the church with brothers and sisters who are manipulated by the Tobias, those false brethren, and they are continually sharing their good deeds and then reporting what the people that are right are saying? Boy, did we have that happen in our church, right? We had that. We had an evil man in our body years ago who won over many people, and they spoke of his good deeds. And they reported my words to him, you know. Boy, it's exactly like that. I'm so thankful going through Nehemiah because Nehemiah is so encouraging. When you go through discouraging times, you look and go, wait a second. This is encouraging because God is on our side and God is a good God. And so here, you will have deceived brothers and those who are manipulated by evil men and women trying to discourage you within your family, maybe within your church, when they're trying to discourage you from the work from the work of God, right? Don't go with it. Don't believe it. Don't buy into it. As we're going to see, get back to work. Our God will fight for us, okay? So notice we have the enemies within saying those things, but now we have the enemies without. Verse 11, and our enemies flat out said, they will not know or see us until we come among them and kill them and put a stop to the work. This is everyone spoken of earlier this is the whole group that will encircle them. It is Tobiah, it's Sanbal, it's the Arabs, it's all those guys, right? And the Ashadites and the Amorites. And they're going to encircle. It's all those guys, okay? So notice what happens. Serious stuff. The word gets back. The word of the sneak attack gets back. Look at verse 12. And it came about when the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times. This is pretty important. Told them 10 times, over and over again. You know, sometimes when your wife tells you something 10 times, it might be important, right? <laughs> right? This is 10 times here, right? 
And what is it? They will come up against us, they identify with them, from every place where you may turn. We're going to be encircled, and we're going to be slaughtered. The word got back, and we're going to see God allowed that to happen. God is the one who frustrated their plans. They prayed to God, and God was frustrating the bad guy's plans. So they said it ten times. You're surrounded. Arabs from the south, Ammonites from the east, Ashdodites from the west, Sambalat from the north. They're going to surround you. They're going to surround you. They're going to kill you. But what was Nehemiah's response? Remember the basic response earlier. But we prayed to our God and we set up guard against them day and night. That's the response, right? And then look at how he does that. Verse 13. Then I stationed men in the lower parts of the space behind the wall. The exposed places. Really wise. Let's put people in the gaps, right? And I stationed people in families. It was wise. Have them together. Keep them together with their swords, spears, and bows. He stations them in vulnerable places, and he stations them with their families. He's a good, godly leader. He prayed, but he didn't stop there. He prayed, and then he set up defense. And then notice what happens, verse 14. He's not only a wise leader who trusts the Lord, he's also an observant leader. Notice what he says, verse 14. When I saw their fear... I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. These people were fearing. I think we'd be fearful too. I think there's a valid fear in this. They're coming to kill you, everyone. They're going to surround us, and they're going to kill us. Okay? He says, when I saw their fear, and notice what he says, middle of verse 14, do not be afraid of them. Don't fear. Do not be afraid of them. And then here's what's so important. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. We need to know that. Don't fear your enemies who are coming at you to kill you, but remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Nehemiah believes what he is saying, by the way. Nehemiah is not some spiritual pep talk artist peddling spiritual leadership to get the people to follow him. He's not doing that because remember what he prayed back earlier. In chapter 1, I said, I beseech the Lord of God of heaven, the great and awesome God. Chapter 1. That was just his personal prayer. He believes it. Now, this term great, gadol in Hebrew, means just that, great. And then the term awesome comes from the Hebrew word yare, which means to fear. And it speaks of a terrifying awesomeness. He is great and terrifyingly awesome. Remember your God. He is great and terrifyingly awesome. And this would cause one to fear or revere him. Don't fear those who are coming at you, but remember the Lord your God. That's what we need to do. Now, Nehemiah did that the first thing he did. We prayed to our God right away, right? That's what we need to do. He is great and awesome. And I read part of this earlier. This would be reminding these Jews of what Moses had shared concerning what God had done for them with the Egyptians and what he would do for them in the land. Same words. Deuteronomy, let's turn back there. Deuteronomy chapter 7. We got to remember that too. We have a great and awesomely terrifying God. We have a great God, an awesome God. Deuteronomy 7 verse 17. If you should say in your heart... These nations are greater than I. How can we dispossess them? That's the problem. We go look at the enemy. They're way bigger than us. We're not going to be able to do it. We're going to die. We're going to die, right? It says here, you shall not be afraid of them. You shall well remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials of which your eyes saw and the signs 
and the wonders and the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord, your God, brought you out. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, as we close today's broadcast, how should we respond to what you've taught us in this message? Well, Dave, very simply, we need not to fear or be discouraged by what we hear from those people being used by Satan. But remember, it is the Lord who is great and awesome and that he will fight for us. And therefore, we need to work because he is on our side. So we're not finished yet, but join us tomorrow as we complete this wonderfully encouraging passage. As we close today's broadcast, here's an important message from our teacher, Greg Lundstedt. Hi, this is Greg Lundstedt, and it is my great privilege to study and teach the Word of God and to share it with you each day on this radio station. And as you listen, I want to ask you this question. Has equipping the saints been a blessing to you? If so, would you prayerfully consider coming alongside us financially? You see, your financial partnership with us is so appreciated. So on behalf of the team here at Equipping the Saints, we want to praise our Lord and thank you for your prayers and financial support. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, to partner with us, call us toll-free, 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. Or if you prefer to send a gift online, our web address is etsradio.org. Well, we hope you make plans to join us again right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Yeah.